Welcome to Track Listing, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. Nick. Chris. And I'm Caleb, and this week it's my pick. I'm picking from 2008, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Yeah! Hey. Hey. It's a movie and a soundtrack. <laughs> it's a movie, it's a soundtrack. This is not a soundtrack that I owned, but it's a it's a period of music that I was very involved in that we hardly ever talk about on this podcast. And it's a movie with a very prominent soundtrack, so I thought it might be fun to dive in. Let's do it. You guys want to hear track one? Let's do it. Into it. This is Chris Bell with Speed of Sound. So yeah, I, I guess I made a point at the beginning of the episode to say that we were talking about an era of music that we don't talk about that much. But uh, this song is actually from the 70s, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. This is a uh, posthumous Chris Bell release. Chris Bell from uh, Big Star. Yeah, well, along with Alex Chilton. He was one of the uh, the duo of Big Star. I guess a creative duo. Did you guys, have you seen this movie before? Or is this the first time watching the film? Funny you ask. I assumed I had seen it. I, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen that for sure. <laughs> and then like I started watching in the first 10 minutes. I was like, I have not seen this. <laughs> but I, I don't know what, like, I guess Scott Pilgrim and like maybe Adventureland blended in. Yeah, it. Kind of a little bit of Juno. A little. a little bit of Juno, a little bit of Youth and Revolt. Like it all yeah, like Charlie Bartlett. There were like nine movies. It's just, yeah, Frankenstein together to make this one. And I was like, I, I have not seen this, but I, I told all you, both of you that I'd seen it. <laughs> I tried to watch it before. I uh, fell asleep the first time. Yeah, and, uh, I rewatched it today and I uh, fell asleep again. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I should say, I think it's streaming for free with ads on Amazon if anybody yeah. wants to pause the episode and go watch. Uh, anyways, this is not a movie that made a huge impact on me, but I remember watching it pretty quickly after I moved to New York. I moved to New York, I think, in 2009. This came out maybe late 2008. Mm -hmm. And it's a movie set in New York, set in, there's a lot of... Uh, Specific lo real landmarks. Yeah. That they, like it's Arlene's a lot Grocery. Of, a lot of Lower yeah. East Side. Yeah. Lower East Side in Brooklyn. I think it was the first time I remembered when I moved to New York is the first time I was like, like, uh, you know, like that uh, DiCaprio meme from uh, Django, where I'm, or no, from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I'm just pointing at the camera like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's nostalgic now, especially in a time when we <laughs> can't go out. <laughs> well, like it came out in a time that everyone was like starting to really rag on like hipsters, I guess. <laughs> but like, like, I remember I was I was watching um, Happy Endings, that show, and there was like a hipster episode and it was like, you know, 2010. It's like, oh, we're going to like a knitting party and there's like a camel jockey that's going to be, you know, like all this like stupid, but it that has aged terribly. <laughs> Uh, but this movie, like, they treated it with a certain, like, uh, reverence and also, like, tongue-in-cheek. And I thought it, it's aged pretty well, I thought. You know, it was definitely of the time, that 2008 Lower East Side time. Are you guys uh, fans of Chris Bell at all? I like Big Star quite a bit. I, I gotta say, I don't think I've listened to much of his 
solo stuff i think it was all released um like you know probably around the era of well maybe not all of it but uh yeah it got released later like in the 2000s i think at least this album i had heard speed of sound originally on um the flaming lips uh, album late night tales it's mm. a curated album series where bands will pick their favorite late night tracks nice it's a great album series too out of the uk um it's helped like launch a lot of people's careers like crane bin and Bands like that. Yeah. The song was playing over the opening credits, and when um, Michael Sarah's character Nick is calling Triss, and you find out immediately that he's been broken up with. Yeah, it's a little bit boop, of a. Boop, boop. It's like yeah. a little bit of a swingers, the swingers <laughs> yeah. scene right off the bat. So many things. I mean, Michael Sarah's played that character multiple times too. Like he just got broken up with, and he's like trying to get the girl <sighs> back, but she's terrible and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, this is uh, the main character, Nikki. He's a bass player, but he's on his way to go to uh, the Berkeley mm-hmm. Music Conservatory. Yeah. Was this, Apparently, is this based if, on you, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty weird. I mean, a lot of things sync up. <laughs> a lot of them do, man. I'm not Michael Sarah, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's dive into the next track. Let's hear a little bit of track two. This is Devendra Banhart with Lover. I wanna be your thing, your anything, your everything, my man. And I, I wanna fill your cup, 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 cup. Fill it up, fill it up to the ring That works for. I like Devendra Banhart quite a bit. I've I've recommended him on the podcast before. This is the first time we've had him pop up on a soundtrack, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song seemed <laughs> like the bass line was driving me crazy because I was like, "Why do I like? What is that so similar to?" And I finally figured it out. It was uh, that funk song, "Express Yourself." Oh, okay. The thing that was making me laugh about this song is like uh, lyrically how you know he borrowed the first line from Prince. I want to be your lover, but then it's kind of a little bit more of a lewd lyrical version where it goes into, uh, I want, I'm going to mesmerize your ass <laughs> and uh, I want to be your cow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I like the song. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure you guys spotted Devander Banhart in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, shows, shows up cameo. at a, shows a cameo. Lower East Side Deli. Yeah. Deli boy. And then he responds to, um, Nora's like, well, how do I know when I'm having an orgasm? And he's like, oh, you'll know. <laughs> and he walks away out of the deli in his signature Russian hat. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're a creep. <laughs> it's a child. It's a think, child. Okay, yeah, well, that brings up one of my uh, bones to pick with the story. But uh, I think that this song actually plays twice in the film. Uh, Nora's listening to it in the high school, and uh, if there was another time, I missed it. I think there's a there's a cover of it that happens later in the film. So part of the narrative structure of this is that uh, the the female lead, Kat Dennings' character, is already kind of falling in love with uh, with Mopey with the Mopey Nick, M- Mopey uh, Nicky, Michael Sarah. <laughs> she's been listening to his mixtapes that he's been uh, he's been sending to his ex girlfriend. Yeah, and I think this is supposed to be on one of the mixtapes, and then. I think this is the song that they're dancing to at, uh, they call it Brooklyn Pool, but it's a... Uh, union Pool. It's Union Pool. Yeah, clearly. 
And uh, I remember when I was first watching this movie, because I was like new to Brooklyn, I was all excited. And they talked about in the movie, they're like, oh, we're going to go to this venue in, in Brooklyn. We're going to Brooklyn Pool. And at the time, they were having these, uh, oh, this is not going to be interesting for people, but uh, they used to have these concerts in this abandoned pool in Williamsburg. They used to call them the pool parties. And they, they've since like reopened this is gigantic like a uh, public pool. Public pool. Yeah. But they used to have concerts there. And I was like, oh, are they going to like the, the pool? And no, it was just this bar. This bar, which to this day, I, I like live down the street from. <laughs> yeah. Union Pool. I mean, it's a, a classic, classic place in Brooklyn, I guess. It's not around forever. I mean, it's kind of a collection of weirdos, you know, well, it, more recent times. But yeah. It became like the hookup bar. That was a couple of years ago. There was like a New York Mag article that yeah. was like an oral history of hooking up at Union Pool. That's right. Like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like. I think Three Diamond Door sort of got that reputation too. And then you just see like a wave of dudes show up at like 2.45, 3 a.m. Just like, you know, Terminator eye on everything. Like who's acceptable mate to? <laughs> like, well, that was, yeah, I think in the in the, the mid-2000s, it was, so Union Pool for if you don't live in Brooklyn. It's like, a, it's right across the bridge from Manhattan and it's also right next to a subway stop that's pretty close to Manhattan. So uh, yeah. when Brooklyn, when North Brooklyn first became kind of a hipster destination, I think a lot of people from the city for like a, for a wild night, they would like pop out to Union Pool and then like quickly uh, like hook up with somebody and get the fuck out of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, 2008 Brooklyn is a very different place from. Uh, they do have a great music venue in the back. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, the little yeah. stage. Yeah. Also, before we get to uh, track three, if you're a fan of uh, Devinder Banhart, uh, you might appreciate maybe what's his best uh, live appearance that I've seen is his appearance on the Eric Andre show. <laughs> <Let's see laughs> that. Yeah. pretty incredible he's uh he's you know he's singing and he's uh, got two bandmates with him one guy's just playing blips and bloops on the synthesizer and uh hannibal burris is uh, visibly upset and <laughs> eric andre is really into the performance and they have a line of uh, men behind them doing a dance routine and it's uh it's pretty it's pretty awesome <laughs> didn't eric andre also go to berkeley he did. He was a uh, upright bass yeah, yeah. Uh, major. Yeah, yeah. Probably friends. <laughs> Save it for the uh, Berkeley podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into the next yeah. track. Track three. This is Middle Management by Bishop Allen. Cool listen to the chatter I'm working to get fired, but it doesn't seem to matter. When the week is nearly through, better find something to do. Because the end is coming soon. Yeah, the end is coming soon. Speaking of uh, Brooklyn, this is a uh, another Brooklyn band. Yeah, well, this is actually a band and an album that I listened to a ton, like around this time. Uh, Bishop Allen. I think that they, it's mostly two guys that met at Harvard. I like to think of them as like a Harvard band, but they're yeah, they like formed quote unquote in Brooklyn. So in the scene in the movie, uh, the band is in the movie and they're playing at Arlene's Grocery, Lower East Side. A venue where I've seen uh, our Nikki play a couple times, I think. Yeah, Arlene's Gro- and Arlene's Grocery is now it closed a while ago, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was like totally done. Yeah, 
It's one of those like rest in peace last uh, punk venue sort of things in the Lower East Side. This is an institution, man. Yeah. You can't close this down. And uh, you may also recognize a middle management uh, from the Major League Baseball 2007 uh, <laughs> really? video game soundtrack. So nice licensing there, Bishop Allen. <laughs> Bishop Allen, I like I said, I I hadn't listened to this record in uh, years and years, and I like went back, and it's it's funny because it's nostalgic for me, but it's also I think the music itself is very nostalgic, and I think that the songwriting is pretty decent, but there's a uh, there's kind of like a glockenspiel that goes throughout the record. Which that is, was a, is a popular dated. thing in indie rock in the yeah. early 2000s. Oh, no. oh for sure. A little bit these like uh, kind of indie rock anthems with glockenspiel. A lot of chimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which is a thing that like has kind of fallen off. You don't really hear it as yeah, much. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I think we figured out that we didn't need the glockenspiel player. Yeah, Colts. Colts was big on yeah. the glock as well. <laughs> it's funny, like listening to this album, uh, I was listening to it and like a couple of songs in, there's like a lot of glockenspiel and I was like, well, maybe this is a song that, and it's like, maybe it's one of those things where they didn't have the heart to tell the guy to go home after a couple of tracks and he like played on everything. Oh man. The glock guy. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but a lot of this music fits really nicely into a uh, iPhone 3GS commercial. <laughs> 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 fits right in there. Well, there's something, yeah, we'll talk about it a lot, but there's something about this era of indie music. It's kind of the, I think, you know, Pitchfork had gained steam and I don't know if they'd been bought by Condé Nast yet, but it was like all of a sudden these like little indie darling bands were getting like really catapulted to, I'd say like mid-level and everybody was trying to do these kind of twee anthems. Yeah. So everything is like kind of, simultaneously uh, meek and also ambitious and it's a weird sound it's also like the era where pitchfork reviewers were not afraid to uh just rail on something that they disliked <laughs> yeah and like you know eviscerate bands oh, yeah. yeah things would just get like a 0.1 which uh after the conde nast thing just like doesn't happen anymore but i miss it so yeah so entertaining i mean it, it was a convergence of a lot of things happening i think you had these indie bands popping up and you had like just as twee music blogs popping up in addition to pitchfork and then music festivals started happening all over the like the nation in a in a sort of a rapid uh expanse and that we hadn't seen before and so you'd have like you know, Brooklyn Vegan would go to like, you know, the Echo Project or some random, you know, music uh, festival and then be like, Man Man is the next band you need to see. And you're like, who, the, who is Man Man? I, <laughs> I saw Man Man. Yeah, I know. I yeah. like Man Man. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, Man Man's pretty good. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? You guys want to jump into track four? Do it. This is Vampire Weekend with Ottoman. Elegant clothes, you want to be seen with a only you tweet you Sweat like a teenager Begging you to sit for a portrait on the wall To hang in the dark of some parliamentary hall After our Harvard band, now we've got a Columbia band, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. The Coastal Elites. <laughs> were they, were they not also a Harvard band? No, I think they were Columbia. Columbia. They were definitely okay. like a New York. It's funny. 
I, around this time, I think New Year's Eve 2009, uh, turning into 2010, I ended up at Ezra Koenig's house for his New Year's Eve. I crashed his New Year's Eve party on accident. <laughs> nice. And uh, it was before, this is off of their second <laughs> yeah, record. Tell me the story, but yeah. Uh, you know, it's like I was with a girl who was with her brother who got some invite to this. And I kind of expected it because like, oh, I like Vampire Weekend. This is going to be like a big party. And it was just like, I think Ezra and his friends. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, okay. They were like super nice. And I couldn't, I, I didn't know who was in the band and who wasn't because everybody was dressed like Vampire Weekend. <laughs> wearing the Indiana Jones hats and like furs No, they, they were all stuff. like wearing like a... Uh, like colored blazers and like boat shoes and everybody looked great and i was like which one is he (laughs) but uh, i couldn't have been sweeter to some random kid was it vampire weekend that was on that snl sketch that was like um vampire weekend member or new cast member (laughs) it's like asking the old cast and they're like that's a good sketch I don't know. <laughs> I think they've done like SNL like three times over the years. Yeah. 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 Vampire Weekend is great. And in, yeah, 2008, 2009, this was definitely my peak of listening to them. But, um, yeah, that's right. That first album, it was just like it, uh, when I was in the middle of college. Yeah, it was huge. Mm, huge. Mm. I could be mistaken. They could be a different band in that SNL episode, so please don't. I, I get a lot of hate mail from how often right. I'm I wrong. Chris's mind is just confusing this movie with it's just all coming together, yeah, it's just, just all things. And then I think Michael Sarah's uncle is David Cross, and he comes in and he's blue. I don't know. All right, so you, you talked a little bit earlier and uh, about the age of some of these characters, yeah. and I think so. This is based on a book which I have not read. And <laughs> that's completely fine. So I, I probably I didn't do the research that I probably should have because I assumed that the book was set, um, if not a few years earlier, like maybe because there was definitely a period in New York City where teenagers were, just had the run of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, it Club didn't, kids. It didn't matter how old you were, like you could get into anywhere. It's like no big deal. Things have definitely changed since it, but even in 2009, I don't think some high schoolers from New Jersey could have gotten into Union Pool with like a wink and a nod. There's like, (laughs) Uh, that was like, uh, there's a like for that. And also Michael Sarah's character is somehow able to find parking everywhere. Those are the two like things that well, you know they're just writing the book and you know they're they wrote it in a way where they were uh, exchanging chapters back and forth and they just wanted to make it like this ideal you know teen night out yeah so, so yeah like parking what parking yeah <laughs> well yeah that'd be a terrible chapter if they're like just go around the block again <laughs> and then we circled the block for four more times and then finally like <laughs> yeah, re- realis- realistic <laughs> well but the age thing is like this is to me it's a very um kind of typical story of 20 somethings uh living in new york or outside of new york and I kind of like at first I was like, wait, is Michael Sarah is dating a high school girl? That's creepy. And then it turns out that he's maybe also a high schooler. Yeah. It's yes. uh <laughs> nobody seems like they're in high school in this movie. <laughs> no, they don't. But uh <laughs> even like Jay Baruchel seems like he's like ten years older. Yeah, yeah. Which he probably is, <laughs> you know. But um yeah, I was laughing. It's <laughs> just like Okay, Michael Sarah is a cute guy, but uh, I think Cat Dennings might be a bit out of his league uh, in this. And then it's it's that old like Amy Schumer when she was joking about like Rosaria Dawson and Kevin James in the Zookeeper. It's like, <laughs> please have sex with me, Michael Sarah. Cat <laughs> Dennings like, oh, please. <laughs> it's 
like Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is like awkward if, and not if there's an opposite of big dick energy, it's it's Michael Sarah. Yeah. Hey man, he's a bass player. That's irresistible. In a uh, in a queer core band, he's the only single guy in a queer core band. I actually really like that part. Yeah, yeah. I love the. That's a nice touch. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? Let's jump into track number five. This is the Dead Sixties with Riot Radio. Yeah, this is, it's funny, this is a song that I did not know until listening to the soundtrack, but even more surprising, like, this is right up Caleb's Alley, 2009's Caleb, like, dance punk, kind of the rapture. You like those stabby guitars. Stabby Gang of Four guitars. Yeah, with Gang like of Four influence in there, for sure. Uh, this band also had quite a bit of uh, ska yeah. influence and uh, some dub as well. It's a with, British band, I think, out of Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool. yeah. Yeah, I like this song. Do you guys not like? What do you think, Chris? I like this song. I, I think it's definitely a time in in history, uh, which was definitely pre two thousand ten. It's, it's <laughs> just you know, like guitar music is just something that is not popular these days, and you can really like <laughs> hear it. You can really hear the difference of the times. Yeah, well, this is the explosion. Was it was that first Strokes record, right? Yeah, and, uh, and, the, and the inventors of uh, hipsters. It was like Charles Ferdinand, Mars yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then everything just kind of yeah. blew out. And mm-hmm. this is part of got, you know, a small band that got caught up in that wave. But I, I, I do like this song. I'm imagining like the music video is it's like rotoscoped. Uh, like it's a, it's a white background and it's like they've clearly acted out on it, but they've drawn over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that... <laughs> I'll, I'll draw it. You guys <laughs> check the Instagram, but... <laughs> see, I love what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, though? <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Uh, this song is playing when they've... Um, the Jerk-Offs, uh, Michael Sarah's queer core band, figure out when... Uh, when and where the Where's Fluffy show is happening, which is the... The elusive performance. Yeah, kind of the, the MacGuffin of the whole movie. It's like everyone's got to see the Where's Fluffy show, which the fake band names in this movie, like <laughs> they're not even trying. Where's Fluffy, uh, yeah. the Jerkoffs, uh, what was it, Osriel? <laughs> Were those taken oh, yeah, from yeah. the book? Do we know anything about that? I, I don't know the difference between the uh, the book and this movie. I know Rachel Cohn um, was the main person that wrote the the, the book, and then um, it was adapted to... It's Bo Burnham's wife is who, who wrote the screenplay for this movie, which is interesting. I'll, I'll look up her name in the break. But um, I wanted to... Th- so Kat Dennings, her character is like the daughter of a famous record producer we find out and you kind of you're supposed to like feel for her it's like oh, it's got to be so tough being like a <laughs> an yeah, well, important influential like maybe millionaire like a million she can get into all the clubs it's yeah, like the guy the guy that owns uh, electric ladyland studios right? electric lady electric lady electric lady um it's funny so her she has like a bit of a conundrum where it's like well i got into brown but i also have this job and it turns out it's just like a job at her dad's like recording studio. It's like 
yeah, just go to Brown. Like, it doesn't sound like this job offer is going to disappear if your dad is the one offering it to you. But if I ever do the job, maybe I won't like music as much. <laughs> and I love listening to your mixtapes. <laughs> no, like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, clearly Jay Baruchel's character is like using her. Maybe he also does seem to like her. But like, you know, he's still he just looks like a shithead. But, but also, what kind of rich dad is like, oh, listen, I know you got into a really good school, but if you don't want to go to college, you can just intern at my... It's like, yeah, no, just, you should probably be go to school go and then school. Co- drop in whenever you want. I don't care. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, I did not feel like... So I was like, <laughs> did the writer of this book or did the writer of this screenplay like have a, a very famous, influential parent? And, and <laughs> none of them did. None of them did. Because like, it's tough to identify with somebody... Like, oh, God, they must have it rough. I don't know. Jeez. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Let's cheer up with a little bit of track six. This is Fever by Taka Taka. Speaking of uh, bands that have had music licensed for uh, commercials, uh, Taka Taka, <laughs> iPhone 3GS. Nice. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know this band, but this is kind of throwback to like 80s jangle pop, a genre that I listen to a ton. And I do kind of like the sound, but I I can hear just almost an absence of a glockenspiel. Like it's, <laughs> I just feel like it's going to come in at some point. Maybe it does later in the song. This was a band that famously had uh, lots of shifting lineups uh, <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> for each for each of their albums. Yeah. And um, yeah, another Brooklyn band. They do have a cover of uh, Phil Collins's In the Air Tonight that's uh, very mundane. <laughs> How can you really cover that song? Especially if it's yeah. a mundane version of that. Like yeah. It's got to be intense. It's it not is like, not uplifting. Taka Taka. Taka Taka. Taka Taka Taka. This is playing while they're in the car together for the first time. Nick and Nora jump in Nick's little yellow Yugo. Um, yeah, he has a yellow Yugo. Yellow Yugo. Throwback. Yeah, which is like, I mean, that and the Gremlin, I secretly have always wanted one of those cars. <laughs> Everyone uh, seems to confuse it with a cab. Um, cue Seth Myers jumping in. Yeah, I noticed um, that on the uh, the rewatch. Yeah, Seth Myers in the back of what he thinks is a cab making out. Yeah, which I, you know, I at first I was like, no one would confuse that Yugo with a cab, but people have done, people have jumped in my car, which I, I had a Tahoe in Dallas, and people would just like, I, twice on two separate occasions, someone <laughs> just got in and was like, take me to the, and I'm like, what do you think the world <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, this is man? like a little bit prescient yeah. in, the, in the age of Uber. Like yeah. people, like I've been, definitely been in a bunch of Ubers in, in Brooklyn and people have just like opened the door and got in and you're just like, what are you doing here? And they're like, what? If you bought a black Toyota Camry yeah, yeah. in 2014, I bet you're like, no! <laughs> like, Lock it. your doors, drivers. Lock your doors. You guys want to get into track seven? Please. This is the submarines with Xavier. I don't 
I think that the the innovation of the late 2000s was people figured out how to produce a song that sounded like a rock anthem, but the vocals were still like kind of whisper sung, mm. which is like a weird thing. It's like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's all like, it works great for commercials. And for this, one of the things about the soundtrack, if you watch the movie, it kind of feels like heavy handed, like so nostalgic because all this music is just kind of like in the way that, uh, Maybe it's still happening, but like pop music for a lot of time was just like, all we got is tonight. We're going to party tonight. And this is kind of the same thing, but it's just like, (laughs) try to remember tonight for the rest of your life. (laughs) Music for commercials. We're talking uh, iPhone 3G and iPhone 3GS. Nice. Ooh, double dipping. This is just the (laughs) era. It's a golden era of licensing for indie bands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how quickly? Well, I, okay, I guess chairlift as well. That's how chairlift got started. There, yeah. that song in an iPhone commercial. I mean, selling out nowadays. I mean, selling out is not even a thing. I think if you ask a seventeen-year-old what they think selling out means, they just don't even know what it means. But this was the era of like, I guess it's fine just to sell out immediately <laughs> and get that payday. And like, you know, we have nine members in this band. We got kids oh, no. to feed. That's, <laughs> that's the way to get paid. We're one moving of, to Parks One of my favorite like old school clips, it was like a Gene Simmons interview from VH1 where they're like, you know, you guys got a lot of Kiss merch out there. Some people say you've sold out. And he was like, damn right, we sold out every show we play in an arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. But it's got it. yeah, this was the era where it went from people kind of like queasily like taking the deal to like bands. It's like, well, if you want to get discovered, the best way to do it, people don't listen to the radio anymore, yeah. is to get in a commercial. Get in a like an iTunes commercial. Like the Apple ad becomes yeah, the Apple like ad the, huge. makes you chart. Yeah. Speaking if, of uh, Apple, the uh, Apple iPod all over Nick and Nora's Infinite oh, yeah, Playlist. Yeah, yeah, this was a this was a time. There was a bit of a Walkman situation going on, but the Gen, I don't know, two Apple. He had the Discman, and <laughs> there are a lot. I feel like the original uh, script. There's so many like uh, they seem like Michael Sarah ad libs. I think that the the character probably wasn't as Michael Sarah in the original script. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing there are, ever is. There are a lot of gags about uh, his like album art in the mixtapes that he's making for his ex. They're pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cute. Yeah, <laughs> all right. This song is playing when um, Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah are kissing in front of Tris, Michael Sarah's ex, Nick's ex. Uh, who was I, I couldn't couldn't wrap my head around that character at all. Uh, <laughs> Tris. A little freaky looking. We're, we're joking that Kelsey and I were like, she kind of looks like a vampire. Like, she should be in a true blood sort of situation. The only thing I remember her, there was a Bill Murray movie, Broken, Broken Flowers, Flowers, yeah, where he finds out that he has a kid, but he doesn't know by who. So he's like going to all of his like exes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like Sharon Stone or something has a daughter named Lolita who is like kind of trying to seduce him. And I think this is the actress that plays Lolita yeah. or Lola or something. Yeah, I haven't seen Broken Flowers in a while, but I remember her from that. Yeah. She's in a um, she's in a uh, Hallmark 
or a Lifetime <laughs> Lifetime movie that Kelsey was like, that's what I know her from. It's the <laughs> Lifetime movie. And I was like, nice. So she ends up, uh, you know, falling, falling for Michael Sarah, falling for Nick again. Yeah, just all these women just clawing to why get into Michael Sarah's. Why do they love Michael Sarah's character? <laughs> just, so he, he can get into clubs that they can't get into. He I, can't I, even I, do it. It was Cat Dennings. He was with Cat <laughs> Dennings. Cat Dennings. Yeah. yeah. She's the reason, but. I mean, if you're in a band, you know this. I have a hard band. time with, <laughs> with this movie. This movie is tricky. All right, Nikki, what's next? We are coming in on track number eight. This is We Are Scientists with After Hours. And if we have to go now, I guess there's always hope tomorrow night will be more of the same. Yeah, I remember this band. At the time, I think they were probably one of the bigger bands on the soundtrack. Of course, now Vampire Weekend is like uh, clips them many times over. But uh, this is a kind of a very dated, you know, like I said, kind of U two inspired indie anthem. This was like a, a song written for the music festival. Also, this band name <laughs> can't imagine like the the guy pitching this to the rest of the guys. We're such haters, man. <laughs> this is um, a very I, dated. I, I don't uh, hate it. It's kind of it reminds me of like Interpol or Snow Patrol, but like a little a uh, little more normy. Maybe more like the Killers. You are right in that it's like very manic pixie dream anthem. Like, let's just like hold hands and instead of waiting in line, we just run. (laughs) In the scenes where they're like looking into each other's eyes and like falling in love, it's just like, Jesus. (laughs) You guys are so jaded. I was watching this with Steph. She had she had some similar reactions, but it's kind of like you know, it's 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 an entire beginning of a relationship crammed into one night. So like nothing. It's not going to read like uh, like that. Real. I mean, when I was watching it this time, I was like, it, it felt like I was watching a screener copy of a movie. I was like, this is the final release. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought <laughs> like it was fine. Like things were missing. It's like, I don't know. Fine. I I do. You know how many movies are there? It's like one crazy night in New York. You know. So I was a little like, oh, that's oh fuck, it's one night. All right. <laughs> See, I, then, thought, but I thought that the leads were good. Uh, yeah. Probably the worst part for me are the cameos. I think that they were all super forced. Like the Andy Samberg as oh, a homeless the, guy. The Andy Samberg one is like, I don't even know. Like I, maybe in 10 more years, it's going to be really um, not okay. <laughs> but like now I was just like, it just seemed weird. I didn't understand why it was in it or it served no purpose. And it wasn't that funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Oh, 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 breaking news. Oh, my goodness. This just in from Spin Magazine. Vin Diesel releases debut dance single <gasps> on Kygo's Palm Tree Records. <laughs> just what we need in these times. Vin Diesel is oh, now God. a musical pop star with his first ever single, Feel Like I Do. <laughs> so let's hear a little bit of that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Step outside, I'm about 
It's just the song that no one asked for. <laughs> but apparently people have been asking. Uh, Vin, Vin Diesel fans have been begging him for uh, for years to uh, get back to doing music, which yeah. I never realized Vin Diesel attempted a uh, music career in the mid-80s with uh, Arthur Russell. I did not know that. I knew uh, he was a breakdancer. And yeah, since his old breakdancing break videos. Yeah. I have a clip pulled up here. This is... Uh, <laughs> This is his attempt at rapping over an Arthur Russell uh, drum machine beat that uh, just kind of goes nowhere. So Vin Diesel has gone from a uh, failed um, hip-hop career to uh, basically just a generic uh, Kygo production, insert celebrity name yeah. in 2020. Uh, so they're both very generic, and uh, the EDM track, the vocals are heavily processed, and you can still kind of tell it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah. Got the deep bass, you know. You hear Groot. It's really weird, man. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he debuted this song like earlier this morning on uh, Kelly Clarkson's TV show. <laughs> what, and, what, what are uh, you watching, man? <laughs> a lot of daytime TV. A lot of daytime, and I'm glad I am. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you just see, you know, the clip of him trying to pitch this song. He's he's a total goober, man. Oh, he's like, man. yeah, just um, you know, and spread love with the track. If you listen to this, you family. Yeah, this is this is just Bruno all family. over again. Oh, man, <laughs> have you seen that uh, the video of him in the interview with the Brazilian talk show person, or it's like a Brazilian um, interviewer? And he's like, how am I? He's like drunk or something. He's like, how am I supposed to interview when she's so beautiful? How am I supposed to? I'm, she's like, that, 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 that. When did this become beautiful world? When did this become I love you? <laughs> That's literally what this Oh, it's so good. I mean, Look people on Twitter out. are loving it. People are saying uh, yeah. Vin Diesel has just dropped uh, an absolute banger track. Hey, man, can, can he do no wrong? What, you know? what is happening? In 20, <laughs> this year is falling apart. That's like a, it looks like a hotel like promo, or it sounds like a hotel like promo thing that just like shows islands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wilson to Atlantis. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, you know, somebody jumping into a waterfall and just. <laughs> That's like, a, yeah. Thanks, Kygo. Just for influencer. Your generic, um, you know, modern production. God, get out of here. <laughs> That's good breaking news. That's good breaking news. Great Thank you, reporting. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah. Spin Magazine. Yeah, great reporting there, Nick Lagrasta. A lot of daytime TV. <laughs> Let's jump into track number nine. This is Band of Horses with Our Swords. This is uh, this was Caleb's jam. This is Seattle band, terrible band name, I should say. You One of like the worst. Band of horses. Well, I, I will say I think originally they were just called horses and had to change it for some there's reason. A lot of horse. Ba- there's Sparkle Horse. There's Crazy Horse. Band of Horses. 
Sparkle Pony. What is that? A white stallion? What is the stallion? Wild stallion. Wild stallion. Yeah, this this is uh, a band that was a little bit of um kind of a lower key. What my morning jacket or yeah yeah uh, maybe a little more rocking uh, Fleet Foxes. But this is yeah I listened to this album a ton. I oh, like this song still. I haven't listened to it in forever, but I enjoyed listening to it. Speaking of Fleet Foxes, Fleet Foxes just dropped a new album yeah. uh, this week that was recorded at Electric Lady. Oh, there you oh, go. Nice. Yeah, that's the studio that Cat Dennings. Papa, <laughs> Dada Studio. Dada I also studio. like the that notion that a key. To somebody, it. I don't know if they even say that he's a record producer. They just say that he owns the place, which yeah. is, I think, uh, some eccentric billionaire uh, has sent, bought that studio. But the idea that the daughter who lives in New Jersey, the teenage daughter of somebody that owns a record studio, would be able to walk into every bar in Manhattan and uh, and Brooklyn. Yeah, the premise. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's like. <laughs> A year, yeah. I don't she know. she introduces the uh, the guys in the indie bands in the scene to her dad, and he mm. helps them record their uh, their demo EPs. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't a bad. I mean, it's not a bad setup. It's like you get your kids to tell you what's hip. I guess. But is but, she yeah. is she seventeen? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean she she's eighteen. You know, she's a day away from having to decide. She's kind of doing like loose A and R duties for her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's. She's she has to decide on brown tomorrow, which is uh, you know pointless. <laughs> it's like I gotta decide tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing out so late. I gotta do this tomorrow. And it, it never really, it never resolves. You don't know what she decides at any point. No, there's a lot that doesn't resolve. But um, <laughs> might have to read the book. Yeah, yeah, read the read the book. Get get in that. Uh, this is actually happening during the what I the aforementioned uh, Seth Meyers jumping into the cab, the fake Nick's cab, which. I think I would have done the same thing, and I feel like that would have ruined uh, a date for me if I had like a first time date in the front seat, and then two strangers were like, "Get it, take me to Bowery Ballroom." I'd be like, "Well, let's just do what they want." Um, <laughs> I don't know if it just completely emasculated the guy in the back seat, just bossing me around, and I'm like, "Yes, sir." I don't know what to do. How do I? I don't want to confront him. <laughs> I think they they go into the Bowery Ballroom at one point, right? Or she she ducks in to like use the bathroom or something. She ducks in to use the bathroom and that's when she sees the follow the white rabbit to oh yeah (laughs) follow the white rabbit is a theme that has kept popping up on our past three episodes we had it with the (laughs) matrix we had it with uh, a knight's tale the Mm. alice in wonderland episode that hasn't been released the lost tim burton's alice in wonderland uh bowery ballroom i think i've seen you play there a couple times right bowery ballroom Mm -hmm. it was weird watching this movie and just seeing all the music venues and like it was a a weird feeling just all like the the eateries that they go to as well like veselka yeah yeah maybe that's like my favorites old neighborhood they go by cat's deli uh papaya dog which they call somebody's papaya or is that Gray's papaya. Is Gray's papaya? Is that an actual place or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the reference to papaya dog. I don't know. What's the difference? What's I the don't know. I, I always knew papaya dog. I'd never seen Gray's papaya, but it's like Ray's or Ray's original. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No Gino's really and Gino's with the, <laughs> the Philly cheesesteak places. Oh yeah. We uh, might be coming up on a break. Excellent. Oh, nice. At the end of the episode, we are going to add a song to the track listing Spotify playlist, our favorite ampersand song. Ampersand. ampersand. Nick and Nora. Nick and Nora. <laughs> you guys get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> ampersand song. Stick with us. 
Thank you to everyone for listening to the track listing podcast and sticking with us through these crazy times that we live in in 2020. If you haven't already checked out our Instagram, please do. That's at track listing podcast and check out our Twitter. That's at track listing pod. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to tell your friends about it, we'd really appreciate it. Spread the word. Get everybody listening to the track listing podcast. Yeah, and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow our track listing Spotify playlist on Spotify. You have to say Spotify twice. I didn't Do mean it to again. say it's start go from the beginning. Chris, from the read, beginning? Chris, from read the beginning. what's on the page. I was kind of thinking I'd no, just No, if you could, if you could just read from the page. I'm I'm kind of doing an improv thing here. It's kind of what I do. From the top. So, okay. okay. Uh, Chris is the comedian. Okay, uh, coming in on one. Um and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, follow our track listing Spotify playlist. And um I, I'm nervous. You okay. guys are really from the top. Uh, we've been here for hours, it, guys. Just do it from the top and do it right this time. Rate and review us on Spotify. <sighs> Chris, you got this. Chris, I don't. If you're gonna do it, do it right. <laughs> you guys are putting a lot of pressure on me. I'm cracking under pressure. Just All right, one more time. track listing. Can podcast. I just thank the listeners and let's get out of here? Start from the top. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Two, three hundred. Empire. Oh, baby, gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not crying. It's it's sweat. It's sweat from my eyes. <laughs> we better get back to the soundtrack. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. You heard that correct. This is another edition of Tinseltown Tales. Brought to us by our trusty co-host, Christopher Darden. Take it away, Chris. Thank you, Nick LaGrasta. That's right. This is another edition of Tinseltown Tunes, where I play an audio clip from a movie in which someone's singing, and you guys have to identify both the person singing and the movie that it's coming from. It's definitely the game that I get excited for, but I think I'm just being fooled by our intro. <laughs> and then by the time the game starts, everything turns. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> great, great start, great start. Take us right into round number one. I do want to mention, this is a special edition in that there is a through line. There's a bit of a uh, connection between all of these clues. So you don't, I, at the end of this, I want you guys to think about each clue and then let me know if you know the through line. Okay. I'll okay. let you know. Okay. <laughs> you ready for round one? Let's hear it. Let's hear that first I clue. I want you to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you. All right, thanks. Yeah, just whenever. <laughs> Let us know, listeners. Yeah. Round one. He's pretty, also pretty. I feel pretty and witty and bright. And I pity any girl who isn't me tonight. I'm uh, treating with Thorazine, 300 milligrams BID. Ooh. Oh, my God. I'm, yeah. It's so familiar, yet so far away. Is it? Oh, God, yeah. I've. It's not the birdcage. It's not. That, a lot of people saying, I feel pretty. And I think this is the second time I've played an I feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it's in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Do you have a year on this? 2002. 2002. Can we hear that clip one more time? He's pretty, also pretty. I feel pretty and witty and bright, and I pity any girl who isn't me tonight. I'm uh, treating with Thorazine, 300 milligrams BID. Oh, man. 
2002. Uh, he sounds like the uh, actor from that I think you should leave focus group sketch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's got to be t- it's too late for 12 Monkeys, right? Um, yes. 2002, yes. Is this a comedy or a drama? It is a comedy. Mental Institution. Comedy 2002. It is a sequel comedy. That's a big, that's a big hint. Oh. I'm not sure I know the answer to this one. This is so familiar to me. That I'm, voice. I'm not gonna... That voice is, uh, that person is putting on a voice. So it does not sound like what that person is normally. Oh, fuck. You want to venture sequel. a guess? A 2002 sequel comedy? Anybody? Is it going to be one of those things where if we get the uh, clues of the next two rounds, we're going to be able to piece it together and work our way backwards? Probably not. Oh, no. I've seen this. I've seen this movie. Um, Give it to us, Chris. It is analyze that. Oh, uh, okay. not yes. analyze this, but analyze, analyze that. that. Yeah, we'll come up with that. <laughs> so, is title. That, so it's uh, Robert De Niro mm-hmm. as the mob boss. That's right, and he's is Billy Crystal or the other person, or is that somebody else? Uh, well, I don't know. Okay, don't okay. Know. Let's go to clue two. Here is clue two. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them doggies rolling. Man, my ass is swollen. Get him up, pull them out, wake him up, get him dressed, get him shaved from the hair or hide. Tie me down, tie me lies, pull my hair stuck with eyes. With a big wet strap of All right, so I'm going to guess maybe City Slickers. I was going to say City Slickers. <laughs> okay, you guys are spot on. Yeah, hey, City yeah. Slickers. Is that Billy Crystal singing? That, that sounds like else? Billy Crystal to me. That's Billy Crystal, baby. Okay, okay. I'm thinking Crystal Connection. Ooh, Crystal Lake. Should we Crystal hear? Lake. Oh, should we hear <laughs> Clue 3? Let's hear Clue Let's 3. Uh, excellent vocal take there. <laughs> oh man, um, not too sure about that. Yeah, I'm not getting any. It's not like when Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That is Meg Ryan. <laughs> it's Meg Ryan. This is a 2009 movie. Okay. okay. Mm. 2009. <laughs> I'm trying to in my in my head track Billy Crystal's. Career. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have mentioned anything about the through line. That we can do afterwards. Don't okay. even worry about that. Is this the last clue? Or there's one more after this? There's one more after this. Yes. 2009. Is it, this is a comedy? This is a comedy. Let's hear that clue. Romance, romantic comedy sort of thing. Right. Rom-com, yeah. as it were. Yeah. I found the greatest love of all's inside of me. Is that uh, Anna Ferris? It is not on a Ferris. Oh. I wouldn't do that to you guys. Okay, yeah. thank you, Chris. Not two in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have no clue. Yeah, no, uh, no words of wisdom on that one. What's going on with the beat? Is is that happening diegetically, or is that just a holdover from the diegetically? Last this is a uh, you know like a karaoke style sort of thing. She's singing into a microphone. Two thousand nine karaoke scene. Uh, waiting? No, not no. waiting. I'm going to need another hint. Heavy connection. The person singing has starred with alongside one of the people in this Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Michael Sarah co-star. Ellen Page? It is Ellen Page. Uh, Juno. Can you name the movie? 2009. 
Inception. <laughs> <laughs> this is a outtake from Inception. This nice is job. A deleted Chris. scene yeah, from Criterion Inception. Edition. This is a oh, deep in uh, our dreams. Is is it the Paul Rudd movie? Uh, my idiot brother or something? It is the movie Whip It. Whip oh, it. I never, Whip I never it. saw, I saw it. it. Uh, that's Drew funny. Barrymore. All right, we're doing all right. Here's clue four. All right. Okay. Don't give up on us, baby. Lord knows we've come. This far, the angel and the dreamer, who sometimes plays a fool, don't give up on us, I know, we can still come through. What a clip. Mm-hmm. No idea. Iconic scene. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's uh, What year is this? This is a 2004 action comedy. Action comedy. Action comedy. 2004. Let's hear it one more time. (laughs) Clue four. Don't give up on us, baby. Lord knows we've come this far. The angel and the dreamer. Sometimes plays a fool. Don't give up on us, I know. We can still come through. What a tune it is. And uh, I think Caleb and I both have question marks floating over our heads. Is that a cover of a song? I don't even. What song is that? I don't think I'd ever heard it before. This is the, the person singing is serenading a group. Okay. Um, it might be an original. Yeah. Is, action comedy. Action uh, comedy. Is it Adam Sandler? Ah, uh, funny people. It's not funny people. It's not not, funny not people. enough action in that movie. Like uh, <laughs> What was I thinking? It, uh... Sohan. Um, Tokyo Drift. Vin <laughs> Diesel. Let's, let's. This may help. This may put you in a different um, realm too. Those you heard those little Tweety birds. Yeah. Those are. Um, somebody's hallucination oh is this youth and revolt it is not or charlie bartlett yeah. those are good guesses though i remember there being action comedy being hallucinogenics. Like deadpool but deadpool's later than no, that it's not 2004 Ooh, we might have a stumped here also the through line question mark any yeah. ideas, Caleb? <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah, I got nothing. This has to do with, well, not an ampersand, but maybe the title of this in some places has an ampersand. In some places. This is based on a TV show that later became a movie. Oh, my God. Okay. 2004 action comedy, Charlie's Angel. <laughs> Very close. Oh, oh, oh. It's uh, Starsky and Hutch. Boom. Hey. And, and who's singing? Owen Wilson? That's Owen Wilson. I'm right. I don't remember that scene at all. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Come on. My Tinseltown tunes are getting too so, obscure. So we've got uh, round one was uh, Analyze That. Yep. Uh, round two was City Slickers. Mm-hmm. Both Billy Crystals in the uh, first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, round three. That was Ellen Page. Oh, was Whip Ellen it. Page and Whip It. Whip It. And round four is uh, Wilson. Okay, Starsky and Hutch. This is a bit of a six degrees of separation sort of thing. Can you tell me what the connection to each one is? Can you guys do it? Um, okay, well, Billy Crystal <laughs> this looks, is crazy. starred with Robert De Niro. <laughs> Correct. 
And then uh, the next one was Ellen Page. Was Ellen Page ever in a Billy Crystal film? But who was in City Slickers that was in Whip It? Uh, is Drew Barrymore in that? No, I haven't seen Whip It, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern was Ellen Page's father in Whip It. Okay, oh, okay. The Daniel Stern. And who is in Whip It that is in Starsky and Hutch? Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Whip It. <laughs> Drew <No>. Barrymore. <laughs> Wait, you still haven't seen Whip It? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> have, have you seen Whip It? I've not seen it. I Ju- still haven't seen Juliet it. Juliet Lewis. Come on, guys. <laughs> what is happening? Come on, I don't know. All right. All right. I'll never do that. So the three, what, what's the through line? <laughs> what was it? The first connection it was the person to person, but then you had to add another person. Billy Crystal it to became, Billy Crystal? It became too difficult. <laughs> How can you guys not see the connections? <laughs> Is there somebody that was in Analyze That that was also in City Slickers that wasn't Billy Crystal? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> Chris is frantically. No, it's just Billy Crystal. Ed- he's, he's, he's editing the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you, man. Chris. Hate yeah. that game. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for another torturous round of Tinseltown Tunes. You guys did okay. <laughs> you guys got half the questions. No right? money on the table tonight. Oh, boy. We do have to get back to the Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist soundtrack. Steamy night tonight. <laughs> Hot in the studios. <laughs> we are coming back in on track number 10. This is Army Navy with Silvery Sleds. This is playing in the car. Uh, this is on one of Nick's playlists, his infamous playlists. Um, we haven't really talked about um, Caroline, the drunk um, <laughs> sort of, I don't know, what you even, I mean, a comic relief, but. Uh, just the drunk friend that's like, uh, does a lot of gags, like throws up uh, into the toilet uh, with port authority. And, <laughs> the, and then like puts the gum back in the mouth. The through line of that piece of gum made my stomach turn. Oh yeah. It's like oh way more disturbing God. than I ever remember. Yeah. Uh, I will say for, for like such a broad kind of character, the, the drunk friend that you have to take care of, it still seemed really real to me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could, I knew that person. And I think yeah. uh, Ari uh, Grainer, I believe is her name. Uh, yeah, Ari Grainer, she did a great job. I thought, she, you know, played pretty well with what she was written there. Like, you know, it's tough to play drunk. It's tough to play obnoxious. But I think she kind of pulled it off in an endearing way, you know. Mm-hmm. I've seen that same sort of role be just uh, unbearable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Movies, but she, was, she's good, yeah. I should say, we haven't we haven't mentioned uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. It comes in at a brisk, like, uh, hour and a half. Like, it's a pretty it's a pretty clippy short movie, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, some of us couldn't stay nice awake, to, I guess. Uh, kind of wake up to the credits. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a little sleepy. I like it. I it's, like it okay. I will say this maintains a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, that which is right. not bad. I, That's kind of surprising, actually. I had always heard bad movie, good soundtrack. And then I kind of went back through the reviews and stuff, and people seem to, to like this movie. People think that it holds up. It's got um, a cult following. Yeah. It's, and, you know, for like the times especially like scorned lover, like blaming the ex-girlfriend and stuff. It, it's, it still plays in a, in a pretty real way. I it's think. fine. Yeah. It's no super bad, but it's, no. it's a fine watch. Should we dive into track 11? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Richard Hawley with baby. You're my light. First time belonging in you as the girl that grows in. And if he relieves, you know, then you've blown it And as life goes on You know you get to taste All you find Cause baby you're my life Baby you're my life I like uh, Richard Hawley quite a bit actually I listen to Richard Hawley uh, pretty regularly it's like a little bit of a throwback it's rare that somebody is doing kind of a throwback crooner thing and not have it seem kitschy but i think he's probably most well known for his song the streets belong to what is it called it's like uh, streets belong to us or streets are ours. i can't remember but it was basically uh it was tonight featured the streets are ours tonight the streets are ours was a uh, kind of like the the theme song for Exit Through the Gift Shop, which is one of my favorite documentaries about. It's uh, made by Banksy, kind of about another artist. But it, it's, it's the it, documentary that's like not a documentary. I think it's a documentary. <laughs> it's I, I think it's a great documentary. Well, you know Banksy, right? <laughs> Wait, you are Banksy. You aren't, aren't you Banksy, dude? <laughs> I can't really say you anything. You tell us you're Banksy. Man. Is Banksy in the band Massive Attack? <laughs> that's the. I don't that think is it, a I don't, rumor. I don't think so, but but okay. that is a rumor. <laughs> Shepard Fairy tweet at us. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I like Richard Hawley. This is, he's British, I should say. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I think it's hearkening to maybe a genre of music. I think it's maybe more, makes more sense in a British context in the 90s. I don't know. Yeah, we can see that. This is playing when um, Nick has said goodbye to Nora and he goes to, you know, hang out with Tris. He's like, ugh. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> Nora says that to, to Nick, and you think he's made the wrong decision, but everyone, you're like, there's a lot of movie left. I don't think that's going to happen. This this all takes place in one night, that's apparently. A- <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> a lot happening. There's a lot happening in one night. They're out very late. Where's Fluffy plays On far a school too late. night. <laughs> On a school night. <laughs> no, I think it's Friday. <laughs> Dude, the funny yeah. thing, like when they finally get to the secret show and Where's Fluffy comes out and you only see like the shoes, like it's the fucking Beatles or something. Mm-hmm. And first of all, they're not, they don't look like a rock band. They're just like Chucks and I don't know, it's weird. And then you never hear the music and the whole, I, the name Where Fluffy and all the branding, it seems really bad. A lot of mystere. Yeah. For not a big payoff. <laughs> That would ruin my night. I'd be like, can we just have a decent night? I'm tired of chasing this band. I don't even care that much. I don't even care. <laughs> but yeah, it's the whole MacGuffin of the movie. It's like everyone cares about this, but really what you really care about is... The MacGuffin. It's the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin comes back. Yeah, it's like the um, you know the golden suitcase in Pulp Fiction. You know, mm-hmm. It's yeah. the where's fluffy. I remember like uh, reading that there were some... Like Nine Inch Nails was doing some viral marketing where they would play a show 
and then they would hide like USB sticks like in the bathrooms of the venue and people would find them and it would have like clips from their upcoming album or like stems or something as a way to like build some sort of it's one way to do it yeah <laughs> Russian assets also do that they like dump a bunch of USB sticks in like a park near yeah. the yeah. capital or something just plug it into yeah, your computer in your see your what computer. happens it's fine <laughs> Absolutely terrifying in these times. <laughs> just yeah. plug this into your computer. Don't, I love it. Don't do that. New nine inch kids. nails yeah. music. You can. We live in the age where it's like, oh, like uh, here's a cigarette. Uh, you got to plug it in your computer though. You're like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I will say there's a scene where uh, so shortly after this, you know, Nick and and Tris kind of get into it um, in his Yugo, and then he abandons her on the side of the road. This is pre Uber days, mind you. She's gonna have a rough a rough time trying to get a cab on like the Jersey Turnpike or wherever he abandons her. Like I think it's I think I've seen where it's like the uh, on the Hudson River or maybe I think it's on the East River, like on Manhattan, looking across at Brooklyn. But it is these are all teenagers, yeah, just running wild. <laughs> I uh, I was in an Uber once and it was an Uber share Uber pool and the uh, the girl that we picked up in the back seat uh, vomited into her purse. <laughs> And the Uber driver pulls nice. over and he's like, not in here, get out. <laughs> and we abandoned her on like near the Williamsburg Bridge and she was going back to Hoboken. And I was like, you are never getting back there. She has two bridges away with the vomit filled. That is absolutely terrifying. And, and a scarred Uber rating. She was, Where uh, are they now? Oh yeah. You no, know, legend has it. She's still wandering. <laughs> You can still hear the distance. You can still hear. <laughs> Give me an Uber. Taxi! Taxi! <laughs> clip, clop, clip, clop. Oh, man, that's terrifying. How about uh, track 12? This is Shout Out Louds with Very Loud. I want to smell. anthem reached all the way over into sweden it was an epidemic you can hear a little <laughs> bit of that swedish tinge in, okay. their, in their vocal <laughs> i never would have uh clocked them as swedish this was a uh, a band that i uh played a show with actually oh was, really uh in stockholm oh shit oh yeah that's yeah, right back in the day yeah, yeah shout out louds man really, I, really I, nice uh, guys yeah i was gonna ask yeah. i fear that this episode is much more interesting to the three of us than anybody listening <laughs> it's like you remember that place right oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were those there. guys. Do you yeah. remember those guys? <laughs> Just naming New York City landmarks. Yeah. I've eaten in that place. I, I met that guy. Veselka? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pierogies. <laughs> Stick with us, listeners. <laughs> this is a uh, Tris is like, follow that van. At this point, she's in a cab with her boyfriend, Gary. Who's like poor Gary? You know, he's he's just <laughs> there. He's like, I don't know. I'm seventeen years old. I guess this is what dating is. <laughs> but we haven't talked about the band too much. The the jerk offs who uh, they also wanted to be called shit sandwich, which was that a uh, spinal tap? Spinal tap, yeah. yeah. Shark sandwich. That um, was the review. One shit review. Sandwich. Shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Uh, no mention of the illusion. 
But um, yeah, pretty progressive, I think, for for two thousand eight. I, I like the band members. Core. I feel yeah. like the the music that they actually play doesn't line up with their rhetoric of what kind of band they think they are. Yeah. I feel like in the script, maybe they were going to be like a real like kind of grungy garage rock uh, punk band. But mm-hmm. when they're playing, it's like oh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I think Michael Sarah kind of got his band um, rocks off in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I thought that that music really matched up exactly with what I thought like that group should be doing. How you know far I mean? ahead was Scott Pilgrim of uh, of Nick and Nora's? Twenty ten. So this was two years before was Nick and Nora's. Okay, two years before, so yeah. he was like, I, I want to do another band movie. I didn't quite get it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. and you know, I thought he did. I, I think Scott Pilgrim vs. the World has a lot of similar elements to this movie. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> shout out to our uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World episode with uh, Usama Sadiqe. Yeah. yeah, check him out on America's Got Talent. He's that star keeps rising, man. He's killing him. Man. Yeah, so proud of Usama. Uh, yeah, Michael Sarah's character has the same kind of laissez-faire relationship with his membership in the band, where it's kind of like, we got a gig tonight. It's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like, you don't know. What do you mean? We're playing. We're Aren't playing you? a nine. <laughs> You're an 18-year-old kid? What are you going to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how can you already be that disinterested <laughs> in your band when you're 18? Uh, I've, like- I've had that experience many times <laughs> with people over the years where you're just checking in. You're like, uh, see you at nine. They're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, right? You're going to be there, right? I don't think the drummer's going to show up for the gig. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. God. But it's like he's he's going to Berkeley. Like, he's, he seems committed to music in some sense. Yeah. And apparently uh, he's like a mixing engineer, but you never really get any yeah. sense of that. He's just a music nerd, I, I guess. But. I guess maybe he's just depressed because he's got this bad relationship. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> Boo-fucking-hoo. These two women are fighting over me. Uh, wait till you get I'm to Boston, huge man. Nerd. Yeah. Things are going to take a turn for the worse. <laughs> cold town. Cold nights. Cold city. Tough ladies. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Let's move into track 13. This is Paul Tiernan with How to Say Goodbye. To get up and go To catch the last train To get in some car drive out again to never come back this way and have to say goodbye so long farewell yeah i love that uh that organ sound Wake up, Chris. (laughs) This is uh, the soundtrack. I mean, there's a genre of music called emo, and this none of this is emo, but it's the the, no, no, no. But kind of the entire tenor. This is a very emotional soundtrack for Mm -hmm. a movie where not much happens. Like nothing really bad happens to anybody. It's just kind of like a night out. I think the the whole thing is just mild. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Two people maybe fall in love before they go out to college, and maybe maybe in the course of one night. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. I think so. I mean, they this, do have sex at Electric Lady. Do, do, they, do they? they? I think he. She has her first orgasm yeah, they, as indicated by the VU meters at Electric Lady. Yeah, that's true. It's a little ridiculous. But then they cut and he's like, he's still got his hoodie on or something. Yeah, I think he just, uh, I think he just finger blasted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Sorry, man. 
they can maybe, cut that out. Maybe it was in the edit. Is, that, is this the song that was playing during that? It is. It is. Uh, this is the song that was playing during the uh, Electric Lady Studios. Yeah. It, okay. And I will say uh, there's a lot of will they, won't they moments in movies. And this one I was like, clearly the signs are there. Nick kiss her for god's <laughs> sake like it takes so long it I'm takes so long so glad it didn't turn into like a recording session because she you know she's giving him the tour he finally gets to see you know electric layer her dad's studio <laughs> and all the mics are up and she's like get in there yeah let's let's put it down yeah and then it's like she's going to engineer the session <laughs> and that's and then she's like you know she gets on the talk back mic and she's like I'm coming in <laughs> I'm I'm just picturing the dad coming in the next day and like it's like oh we got a long day ahead of us what do we oh is somebody I guess somebody must have been laying down some what do we got uh okay said my oh yeah I feel I, my daughter in here it's I my, hear it's my daughter it's my daughter I'm like turn it off oh, no. <laughs> I uh, I'm going back to New Jersey <laughs> I I gotta take a I gotta take a day personal day <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, I mean, this, this, you're right, Nick. This could have easily been like a he lays down a song, and she's like, "That's good." <laughs> yeah. Like, eh, you know what? Can we go ahead and take that from the top? The uh... <laughs> but they they I think it's insinuated that they uh, have sex and they get a text message and then they quickly get out of the studio. Mm-hmm. Catch and that! Catch that! Where's Fluffy? I mean, I should say that parking should probably not be a problem at four in the morning because they like head uptown. It's going to some rooftop show. <laughs> yeah. If, if only the movie had dealt more with like them trying to find parking. Yeah. That's, that's the review that's that we got to write. Yeah. Like, have you ever tried to park a van <laughs> yeah. show in more, midtown? Show more of that. You're talking about Friday night in the Lower East Side. You got to be, you got to be fucking joking my ass. <laughs> I think the three of us should make a movie. I think it might be pretty good. It's the same movie, but just no one connects because everyone's like, I, I'm I'm already on 23rd. As soon as someone's driving a car in our movie, it's like parking is included. Yeah, Should we move into track 14? Please. Yeah. The Real Tuesday Weld. Last words. Never saw the world look the way The city looked to me I think like one of the weird things about the soundtrack is that these are all indie bands that probably had maybe a broader output, but uh, the soundtrack has picked like the wistful anthem of every band. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little, even watching the movie, I was like a little struck by like, this like thing has the same like uh, vibe through the entire movie. Yeah. That seems like it should be in the last scene of the movie where you feel like this was a real special night, but you're like there at the very beginning. <laughs> There's like nine uh, times yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's like that. I think the, the whole <sighs> movie just might be a long form iPhone 3GS <laughs> <laughs> ad. It is. Maybe. It was a good phone. Yeah. That was, hey, <laughs> yeah. don't knock the iPhone 3GS. It was a classic phone. 3GS guys. It was a 3GS guys. Curved back. Yeah, this is the the, uh, the kiss at Penn Station. And then it like, you know, zooms out and it's like this. 
you know, wistful <laughs> sort of thing that Caleb was saying of Penn Station. <laughs> like the yeah, it's like what what box have we not checked of like New York landmarks to see in the Penn Station but last it's, scene? But it's like they got to get back to Jersey. It's supposed yeah, to be he, beautiful. Like he has a car. Gross. He, yeah, oh, the, he has the no, shagging wagon. She wrecked it though. Oh, that's she right. Wrecked she wrecked into it. The, oh, um, I must have been asleep during that. Part. <laughs> no, she uh, she drives. He lets her drive, and she wrecks it into a fire. Well, then hydrant. how did they get to the show if? From the, the studio. Look, the, man, why don't you talk to Rachel to, Cohn uh, and <laughs> the magic of editing. Also, as they're like driving around between landmarks that we probably recognize is like all cut together from different parts of New York City, which is uh, a little bit frustrating. It's like watching The Dark Knight. It's like, what, we're in Chicago now? Oh. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is Vancouver. <laughs> wow. Really mixing it up. Uh Oh boy! Yeah, but if that were real, it would like pan out, and then just like a sea of like you know meth heads (laughs) (laughs) at five a.m. would be like. It's the uh, it's like the director's cut at the end of the movie. It's just like (laughs) footage of guys outside of Penn Station shaking you down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Should we dive into? Track 15, the last track. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. This is Mark Mothersbaugh with Nick and Nora's theme. famous for doing scores mostly uh wes anderson films but mm-hmm. and also uh the entirety of nickelodeon's rugrats <laughs> yeah man devo baby yeah and of course devo fame. Course. we almost lost mark mother's that's right he, uh, he was really he sick, did contract yeah. covid19 yeah. and was on a ventilator for uh, 18 days oh, and said in an interview that he had nearly died from uh from the coronavirus it's pretty scary yeah but we still got him and uh he's gonna keep making uh, all the blips and bloops that we Fuck. love <laughs> i really like mark mother's father oh, yeah great. this is a great theme to this movie i think you know it's like ipod love baby <laughs> i think yeah. you nailed it <laughs> just think of a love story on an ipod <laughs> i got you i got you got you this one's for you babe Ah, works pretty well. Well, it's time to review the soundtrack. How out of fifteen what tracks? Out of of fifteen parking spots. (laughs) Fifteen lower east side vacant parking spots. Fifteen playlists made for your ex. (laughs) Fifteen pen stations. Fifteen mixtapes. Chris, what do you think? Fifteen mixtapes. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of fun here tonight. I think we have, <laughs> we've ripped on some bands. Uh, but I think all in all, like, this music is playing constantly throughout this movie. I think it's a fairly chronological soundtrack, which I always appreciate. <laughs> uh, Weird. <laughs> I love when it's in order. I love when it's in order. Because then, you you know, it helps your mind sort of, um, you know, categorize. It helps us produce the episodes. It helps us with the episodes. So that's, you know, much appreciated. Yes. Um, I thought this was very solid. Uh, fits the film. Some music that we haven't really covered before. I'm gonna have to give this a pretty strong rating. I'm gonna give this a 13.3. Uh, that is a strong rating. All right, yeah. Nikki, what do you think? Out of 15 mixtapes, uh, I think the soundtrack is a very thoughtful soundtrack. 
uh, very cozy soundtrack, mm-hmm. a, a warm indie blanket yeah. from the uh, early 2010s. And uh, I think it does its job really well. Uh, it's not music that I was necessarily tuned into and a big fan of during that time in my life. So these songs are not necessarily uh, like, you know, striking a chord uh, personally, but uh, I do think the music works great in the film. The film itself is terrible. <laughs> man, it's just a, not a great movie. Oh, man. Again, it looks like you're watching a screener copy. The, the sound is weird. The post-production is, uh, I, I believe it was the director's first. Uh, okay. It was like a directorial debut. But I do think the soundtrack works great, and it encapsulates an era of uh, Brooklyn music in particular mm-hmm. in the uh, early 2000s that... Uh, has certainly changed a lot. You can really hear the difference. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to give this a 8.4 okay. mixtapes. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, this is definitely, I'll say, I think that the soundtrack holds up better than the movie. The movie, I found it pretty watchable. A brisk hour and a half. That's rare. Uh, you know, I thought it was fine. It's it was, kind it's of watchable. My yes. favorite thing about the movie and kind of maybe my favorite thing about the soundtrack is that, you know, I wasn't 18, you know, I was like 28 or whatever, but uh, I was in all those same places, going up those same streets, doing all the same stupid it did, shit. It did make me miss uh, you know, the I've, old days, I've the seen before you, times. I've seen you perform at like um, all these fucking venues. Most yeah. of the venues yeah. in the yeah. movie. Did it tug yeah. on your heartstrings a little bit? Uh, it's made me nostalgic for a place when we could go outdoors. And even, I will say, a place that... Uh, I think I'm on record as hating Union Pool. <laughs> it made me miss Union Pool in the days of the unisex bathrooms and the outdoors. Okay, I should say the the first day I moved to New York, um, I was I was staying with our friend Paul for like a week, crashing on his couch. And Shout out to Paul! I got into the city and I was like, just I was stuck with my luggage because he was out of town or something. And the first place that I went in New York City, I got off the train and I went to Union Pool, uh, middle of the day. And I went back and I had a beer and some tacos in the back with my luggage. And everybody was really nice to me. And it was fucking great. Uh, middle of the summer. So, it, you know, it, it did. Seeing these places made me sad. It made me happy. Same with the music. Uh, yeah. I think the Vampire Weekend song is not one of my favorite ones. There's, I, I don't think there's one bad song on here. And maybe there's not one great song either. Band of Horses, I really like that song. Bishop Allen made me nostalgic. Uh, Devendra Bandhart is a pretty fun song. Well, there's a lot of bands on here that I don't know, and I really like their songs. Um, I'm going to give it a 10.2. Okay. All right. Very Spl- good, gentlemen. Spl- the difference. And uh, now before we go, we got to add a song to the tracklist in Spotify playlist, our favorite ampersand song. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go first if you guys don't mind. Please, Please do. Um, so my track is from 1975. It's an artist named Lynn Collins. I don't know if you guys know Lynn Collins. Um, I know Lynn. Is it, uh, two N's? Uh, no. N-N-E-Y. One N. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she was kind of a protege of James Brown, and especially in her early recordings, it's, I think, probably his band. And uh, in the track I'm playing, he's actually singing kind of, kind of charmingly singing uh, backup on this track. And... I think she's most notable. Some of the early tracks were heavily sampled in hip hop and there's a lot of famous breaks, but uh, more than anything uh, notable for recording a song that has four ampersands in it. Uh, this Jeez, is Caleb. Lynn Collins. <laughs> Extra credit. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Brown noser. <laughs> Lynn Collins with Rock Me Again and Again and Again and Again. Oh, oh, oh. 
not a far reach from James Brown's recordings at the time, uh, but I really I really like Lynn Collins. And I really like that track. Very nice. That's a great track. Great All right. Track. Who wants to go next? I've got a track pulled up for us. This is a track called Us and Them. Let's hear a taste of that. Little band, Pink Floyd, little album, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> it's going places. Yeah, song. I've heard those guys are uh, they're pretty good. One of these days, I mean, I haven't listened yet, but. Oh, one of these days. Great track. <laughs> Chris, what do you got for us for a uh, and song? I've got a song from a band called Cherub, and it's uh, off their album Mom and Dad with an ampersign. They changed the capitalizations. It's a song called uh, Doses and Mimosas. (laughs) Yeah. This is my proudest recommendation, but um, I've recommended much worse. (laughs) (laughs) I like Cherub quite a bit. Um, I think they had a really good song called XOXO. I don't think they ever quite topped that. Uh, That was kind of their their big hit. But um, but yeah, let's take a listen to Doses and Mimosas. Uh, scary vocals coming in there. I like that. But yeah, I haven't heard that before. That's good. good track. No, Cherub is great. They've got some kind of dancey songs, and then um, those, those are the ones I tend to gravitate to. But yeah, Cherub. What year is that from? 2012. 2012. I like that. Yeah. Good jam. Right. That is the Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist soundtrack. Nice job on the ratings, yeah. everybody. Nikki, yeah. wake up. Good scores. <laughs> so sleep- the episode's over, Nikki. Wake up. <laughs> so sleepy. Uh, whose pick is it next week? I think it might be my pick. I, I believe so. it is. You guys ready for more Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> I'd never do that to you guys. Be too cruel. Deep does the fluffy rabbit hole go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening and sticking with us through these crazy times. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. 